and welcome to ABW Live. We are an Arsenal podcast for this particular game. Uh, this is the Arsenal 2 Sheffield United 1 post match show. Uh, we are coming to you live from YouTube, uh, Twitch. Danny has only just told me this as well, and I'm still struggling to reel them off. And Facebook. Uh, having just watched The Social Dilemma, though, I imagine that amount of people on Facebook will probably drop off significantly, but it's fine because everybody's got your data anyway, even us. But anyway, I should be introducing somebody who we've not seen on this parish for a, a long, long while. Uh, and it is John. Say hello, John. Hello, John. It's um, almost like a new signing, as I say. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we were ooing and ahhing about who we'd bring in and eventually uh, we settled with you, John. A bit like we'll Nothing settle better than settling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll settle in with uh, someone like Gwen Doozy again. We'll bring him back. Uh, let's give a quick shout to the, I've seen some people in our chat boxes on various different places where we're streaming to. I can see Stefan Selby has said hello to both of us. I see Bill Butler and Yemi Fash are both there with a lovely emoji. Is it an emoji? Is it an emoticon? I don't know anymore. Uh, but it is the same shirt that I am currently wearing. I think Bill Butler is in there as well. First in the box, though, was Danny the GFP. So I think that voids the competition for who's in first. Danny, you can't enter that competition. Stop answering first in there. But yeah, should we get into the lineups, John? Because to me, it seemed like a list of every available player that we're not trying to shift at the moment. Yeah, it did a little bit. When I first looked here, I was like, oh, is this finally a back four? But then I thought, oh, okay, maybe Saka's going to play left wing back and Tien is the third centre back. Um, I'm not, I wasn't overly surprised. This is what, our third game in seven days, something like that. Yeah. Um, as I'm sure everybody knows, if you've been on Twitter at all for the last like I don't know, month, we don't really have that many midfield options. Um, so it wasn't a huge surprise. I wasn't, I had lots of people saying that Jacker should have started. Didn't surprise me that much. He's basically played, I don't know, like two years non-stop for us now. So having a game off every now and again, especially one at home um, to a team you know is going to sit back a bit, uh, wasn't that shocking. I guess the only big surprise was maybe Enketia coming in for Lacazette. But we've seen Arteta has rotated those two uh, quite a bit already. So not the biggest surprise. Um, was more excited about the way the team actually set up and played. Um, I know it was, we always do this sort of shifting in formation as we play. But it looked a lot more like a back four for the majority of the game um, to me. Yeah, for me as well. Uh, there were some slight nuances of where El Nenny's positioning was in general mm. but I think from we can say that that was a three in midfield uh, especially yeah. with we had a something that Xhaka I've noticed doesn't necessarily do is he doesn't really cover the center of the pitch he's like more off to one side and then Sabios does the same which I think is why we have Louise coming through the middle yeah to make sure we've got that area covered so yeah it was interesting to see a change from Sabios playing more centrally uh, El Nenny coming out on the side. And yeah, Saka, I think, is the one that we would say is normally that midfielder. Yeah, because you would normally look at that lineup and you would think, oh, okay, Tierney's going to be the third centre back and Saka will be left wing back and they'll interchange who's widest. But generally, when we fall back, Tierney will fall in and Saka will, will drop into the left wing back position. But it was a lot more today. It was El Nenny coming onto the right, Louise pushing central. Um, and they were almost like. Elneny was kind of playing as a third centre-back at times um, in yeah. possession and Saka was dropping into the middle more and much more central. Um, 
which I like to see because it gives him a lot more options. He can go outside, he can go in, you know what you can do with the ball. And I think, to be fair, he hasn't had a ton of opportunities so far at the start of the season. I know it's still early doors, but it was nice to see him get a start because I think in every game where he's come on, he, he's done something and, uh, and affected the game and he did it again today. Where should we start with that first half, though? Because I think there's only about two things we can talk about. Um, yeah, um, lack of shots or a possible red card is probably it, isn't it? Well, half? I was going to say the uh, red card for who, if you listen to uh, oh, any of the Sky Sports coverage. Should we just quickly cover yeah, David Luiz doing a shirt pull and then Leno getting in the way and clearing it from Oli Burke? I think yeah. it's just it's not... It's not a yellow, it's not a red. No, it's it's definitely not a red card. If they want to go strict by the letter of the law, then yeah, he could have given a penalty for it, I guess. But it's it's never a red card. No. Um it'd be a super soft penalty. But to be he honest, didn't even the way into the box. Yeah, far out. So yeah. You know, um so I just it was a weird conversation point at all. But I guess the way games have been ref lately and the fact that you know, you could have your hand probably up your own ass at the moment and yeah. behind your back. And if the ball touches it, somehow that's a handball. Um, so, <laughs> you know, if it was yeah. a different ref, maybe maybe they would have given it. Who knows? But that's, that's never a red card for me. Yeah, I think the fact that they were trying to prove that Egan got sent off uh, against Villa for exactly the same thing, you should probably look at that Villa decision in more detail rather than... Yeah. You know, <laughs> because that was given as a red doesn't mean it's always should be a red. It's probably no. that red was a mistake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, let's then kind of talk about what we, well, I imagine if we can say the red card one, that tackle from Berg, mm. uh, I think it's Berg. I don't think he's Berger. Um, he's got an E on the end. It's Berg. Berg. Yeah. We'll go with Berg. Um, yeah, that tackle on Aubameyang. What did you think about, um, yeah. Did you think it was a, a red or a yellow? Um, we might annoy a lot of listeners here. Um, I thought in like just in play when I first saw it I thought that's a bit nasty it's probably it's got to be a yellow card um, and then they showed the replay and obviously it's slow motion so it looks different and I thought oh actually maybe that's a red the the issue I have with the whole thing like if you want to say it's a red that's fine I don't have a problem with that the problem is I don't there's, again it's no consistency if the rules you know whoever sets the rules and stuff for the referees to follow if they want to set that kind of tackle as a red card that's fine, but it means every tackle that's like that has to be a red card. Aubameyang did probably not, I don't even think it was as bad a challenge as that one. He starts with showing similar thing, but he didn't lunge in the way that Berg did, and he got a red card. So for me, it's more a consistency issue rather than a, whether it should be a red or a yellow. Call it whatever it is, if that's the thing, call, but then every tackle like that should be treated the same way. And that's the issue, I think, when you look at tackles, handballs, um, the use of VAR, whether they're going to the screens, all of those things, it's exactly the same issue. It's consistency across the board from all referees. Um, when you watch it in slow-mo, it looks like a blatant red. But yeah, in real time, I thought it's probably yellow. Because I, I thought at first he'd got the ball and just followed through. Yeah, I mean, I was very, very much that that's a yellow card. So yellow card when you see it because he doesn't slide in with any real pace. Mm. It's quite a slow tackle, um, and then you say, as you say, it's the follow through that kind of gets him. And yeah, if you watch it in slow mo, oh, that's a red card in slow mo. Absolutely, yeah. like a red card though. Uh, yeah. It's the same as the handball. If you put make you slow it down, of course it looks a handball because you've just seen, you know, in your head two seconds of footage that's actually you know milliseconds. 
and a guy's blatantly put his hand out and yeah i think it's the same for that one i wasn't too upset with that and i thought actually the best way we'd get out of this game was for not to, was basically for sheffield united to actually come out and play against us yeah. i think the red card might have actually killed it for us and it would have been nil nil because they're just going to sit back then and just stick men behind the ball and not move from their 18 yard box basically aren't they and you can see from that first half as we discussed you know no shots on target or even just a single shot off target i think in that first half from us because they were so sheffield united was so well drilled mm. just sat back so well that we just couldn't break them down um, no, I mean, we had what, like, there was the Bamiyang shot from distance that Ramsdale got fingertip to. I think might have hit the bar if he hadn't touched it. It was starting to yeah. dip a little bit. Um, but, I mean, that was just picking it up in a bit of space and just having a go because he was so frustrated. And then his sort of flung overhead kick attempt from El Nenny, like, closing down. But yeah. that was it. I don't think we had any other real ch- chances or, like, attempts at goal. No, I don't think. There's nothing that screams out to us anyway that, no. that so i think with that we should probably quickly move to the second half where stuff actually happened <laughs> um where should we start on this because i don't really think of any big talking point before saka kind of turned up in the 61st minute yeah it was because we had eddie was struggling up front I love Eddie Nketiah and he's the weird sort of player who if he had more technical ability, I think he'd make an amazing midfielder because he would just fucking run and chase people all day long. Um, but he had, you know, he had a poor first touch for a good ball through from a Bamiang that might have been a decent chance. He comes off, Pepe comes on and we changed the shape slightly and William was allowed that freedom in the middle to play. People have been crying out for some French guy, I can't remember his name, no one can spell it, um, to come into the team, you know, to give us a bit of spark and creativity. And we have a player in that, in William, he can do that. Saka can do it as well, I think. But just that little move of position, Aubameyang through the middle, William being allowed to drift, come inside and give that bit of freedom. And you've got this really, really nice uh, team goal, just the one-touch football. And from Bellerin, who I thought was probably one of our best players on the pitch, actually, just picked out Saka brilliantly and a great header as well. Uh, from him who again another player who I think at times he struggled when he played on the right but you can see from that sort of inside left channel he's much more comfortable um, oh. just really really well worked that was beautiful football yeah definitely and I think well that kind of helped us after that goal was Sheffield United kind of started to come out and play and realised you know they might have to get their first goal of the season which you know every time <laughs> that they mentioned that that Sheffield United had not scored a single goal against us all season I think yeah. I said on the podcast, I even mentioned the goal scorer's name and said, I bet he scores against us as well. Because last year, when we first played them, or the second game that we played them, uh, he hadn't scored a goal all season. And I think we were at the 30th game point and he managed to get his first goal of the season against us. But yes. before that happened, uh, Nicola Pepe got the second goal for us. Um, he did a madness, Josh. He did a he madness. Did do a madness. It's it's surprising what happens when Nicola Pepe runs at a defence that has got quite a high line <laughs> and he can get in behind them. Because as you say, they were just pushing up, pushing up, and they yeah. were really going for it then. And yeah, we, we just caught them on the counter. And I think it was a great substitution. You know, he came on just before the goal uh, for Bellerin. Uh, not Bellerin, for Saka. And yeah, I think again... That ball from Bellerin through to him yeah. was just another 
a great thing. I think it's quietly Bellerin is coming back to, I wouldn't say the same player he was before his injury, but he's at the same kind of standard. He's producing similar performances. Yeah, he's he's not doing the same running outside, getting to the byline kind of action. Um, the way Arteta plays and him coming inside. You saw how many times he was running with the ball into the box today, you know, almost as a as a midfielder would. Um, but yeah, the little one-two he made, and that's all I want to see from Pepe. Like his return last season for a winger, what was it 10, 10 goals, eight assists, or ten and ten, something like that. That's if you ask any manager, any team, doesn't matter what league you're in, if you said, I'll give you a winger who will get you those stats season in, season out, you'd be like, yep, great, sign him up straight away. Um, I think the issue Pepe has is the price tag he's got on him. People need to remember we didn't pay 72 million up front. It is all in the installments. And he didn't dictate his price tag. That's that's not his fault. And he's frustrating to watch and he annoys the shit out of me. And I probably don't think he's going to be worth the 72 million that we're going to end up having to pay for him. But if he keeps doing things like that, I've got no problem because all you want to see is him get the ball and just run full pelt of players. Because even when he slows down and people tackle him, he still comes out with the ball. It kind of reminds me of Suarez where he just bounced balls off people and it'd still be at his feet. It's bizarre. But the the technique and the finish to do it at that speed and have that much control over the ball is fantastic. But you can see how good he is on dead ball situations, you know. I know the last game, his two corners he took were terrible, but normally he's a fantastic dead ball taker. His penalties are great and he's got all the talent in the world. So I think you just have to bear with him. You know, this is only his second season. It's been a bizarre time to join any football club and move country with everything that's going on with COVID and everything else. So it might take a little bit longer than normal, but if he gets 10 goals, 10 assists again this season, I'll be more than happy with him. Uh, yeah, that was really, really good play. Yeah, I think second season Pepe said since the season started is where I've put quite a few eggs in the basket to say that's where I'd hope that some of the issues we've seen with lack of creativity, Mm. he's that kind of player that you'd hope in the second season that assist number gains, you know, goes up a little bit because it's again, it's not like say Meza Ozil of a couple of seasons ago and we could blame someone like Olivier Giroud who's not the most clinical striker. We have got Lacazette who... You know, although he has missed, some, he's had some high-profile misses. His conversion rate is still pretty good, and yeah. I think one of the questions we probably will come up in a bit, or <laughs> we could just get onto it now, is Abamyang and his potential. I don't know. He's gone quiet since he signed that contract. I wouldn't say he's doing an Ozil or done an Ozil, but there is that kind of something in there. I don't know if we should go onto that now. Um. I thought, yeah, he was a little bit quiet today, but I mean, he had that, you saw he still got the ability because that shot he had from distance was like, yeah. that was, looked like it was going top corner at least to me, or at least hitting the post. Um, and he had the, I think there was a chance in the second half as well where Sabayas put him through, but he was just a little bit ahead of him. He made that great run where he, he, yeah. he ran deep and then and then back out again, dragged the centre back. He's got all that ability. Um, what excited me most about this game is that Abamyang when he switched through the middle, he actually got a few more chances than he did when he was on the left. Um, it's not something we're necessarily going to see all the time because we know Arteta likes his strikers to be able to link up play and almost play as a false 10 at times, that kind of thing, in a kind of way that uh, Aguero does at City, where he can link play up and then get back on the end of things. Aubameyang's not necessarily the type of player. He's still going to get you loads of goals. Um, I'm not really, really worried about him. 
I thought it was interesting that I know we had to rotate and we've had a lot of games lately that Lacazette didn't get on the pitch just because of the whole transfer winner and everything's going on. Maybe it was a little flag to, you know, we, we might be tempted to let him go if the right bid comes in or something to help us fund the move for, move for someone else. Yeah. So I don't think we're necessarily lacking, you know, in options up top. Um, it might be in other areas of the pitch. But yeah, I, I'm not worried about Damien at all. I think he's still going to score you goals all the time. And the fact that it's two different goal scorers today rather than him was a good thing because when he went down after that challenge, what could have been the red card, yeah. my instant thought wasn't, is that a red card? My instant thought was, oh, fuck, our entire season is laying on the floor at the moment. Please get up. <laughs> yeah, and I think if we did have a certain greasy Spanish uh, manager, then yeah, I think I completely agree on that one. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a slightly well, more well-groomed one. Um <laughs> So, yeah, let's talk about the goal that we kind of conceded. Well, we didn't kind of concede. We did concede um, mm. from McGoldrick. I think it's a bit of a lazy clearance out from us. But who's expecting David McGoldrick to hit one from there on his weak foot and put it nestle it in the bottom corner? Yeah, there was two times today. I mean, the goal and there was a bit of skill against Hector Bellerin where he just stopped the ball dead, turned one way and then flicked the other and Bellerin just went, what? where the fuck did he go? Because you're not expecting a player like that to do it. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with the closing down. I thought they gave him a bit too much room. And you can see, if you watch the replay back, David Luiz comes across and then Gabriel goes across behind him and Luiz steps out almost as if, oh, I think Gabriel's going to cover this and they just leave him a little bit too much time. Um, but that's a great finish. There's Shots like that, there's not a lot you can do about. Um, I guess I could wind everyone up and say, Josh, do you think Emmy Martinez would have saved that? Um, no. <laughs> probably not. I he mean, he's a little, he was a little bit taller. Um, but no, <laughs> it's, 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 um, it's, a, it's a great goal. And sometimes you just go, all right, fair enough. I know people will look at Sheffield United and the results they've got this season, but if you've watched all their games, they've actually been really tight, close games. Yeah. They've been unlucky in quite a few. We know how good they were last season. Um, I don't think this is necessarily a give me, you know, give me sort of game. I think it's a lot harder than people think. They work really hard. They look a bit workmanlike, I guess, Burnley-esque, but they're, I think that you saw a little periods of play where they can move the ball really nicely and they've got some more technical players than perhaps people realise. So most important thing is always is a win. Um, disappointed to concede a goal, but after that, we shut up shop and they didn't really have another chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we kind of finish off the rest of the game, just quickly want to shout to Chatbox or anybody who is watching live. Uh, if you've got any questions, stick them in the appropriate chat box. Um, don't send them to Pornhub. They, we won't get them. Um, John might, but it'll be after a show and the content won't be great. Uh, but if you could send those through, Dan, uh, Danny will pick them up, stick them in our uh, private chat box and we'll get those uh, read out um, but before we get to those oh should also mention about subscribing as well because you can subscribe to us um, it's a good thing especially if we're a bit more um, sporadic with our start times now we're not always going to be going live straight after the game uh, we may leave it a little bit just because of the traffic that you know there's so many Arsenal podcasts out there at the moment that you know, we want to make sure that you get our content and it's easy to find. So we're normally going about today. I think someone has already argued that it was 13 minutes rather than 30 minutes, but go fuck yourself. 
the amount of Arsenal podcasts and content there is is extremely worrying when the Tuesday Club podcast which is probably my favourite Arsenal podcast <laughs> we have more Twitter followers than they do I know they changed their name but it's yeah it's bizarre not that I'm pimping for another podcast but yeah <laughs> you barely get on this one now you're trying to yeah get exactly <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to get in that transfer <laughs> exactly last minute before Monday he's off <laughs> but yeah uh, give us a thumbs up as well um, on whatever platform I don't know what you do on Twitch do you give us a wink maybe Is that I think it? Twitch you get bits or you can use your Amazon Prime subscription it's free it costs you nothing if you have Amazon Prime you can subscribe to us and yeah. then Danny will be very happy and he can buy food for his cats or back scratches or whatever it is he does. I don't know. I think he's buying lighting systems now so that you can oh, see yeah. him in glorious Technicolor and rather than just that shadowy figure that occasionally pops out and uh, <laughs> says something semi-insightful. Uh, but yeah, also big shout. I think Nick has just subscribed to us on Twitch as well. Um, and if you do subscribe at whatever level, um, we give you exactly the same stuff. Um, it's somewhere between, you know, nothing and fuck all, but there are some kind of like badges. Danny has changed one of them. So it's no longer Preston North end's badge. And yes, it doesn't matter what level you're at. You will get that. Um, just make it as even and just give as much as you would like. You're comfortable in giving. Um, yeah, there's no one upmanship in our chat boxes, but yes, um, I want to talk John about Gabrielle and David Louise, because I think if this mm. game wasn't a 2-1, we would be mentioning their performances, particularly in the first half. Um, I thought Gabrielle's passing was a little bit short, should we say, a little bit soft. Um, yeah, there was, I mean, they weren't the only ones guilty of it. Everyone seemed, I don't know if it's like tiredness because the amount of games they played, but they were a little bit off. I think defensively, they were actually both really, really good. Um, you know you're going to you know, come up against an aerial threat. You know that Sheffield United are going to be physical. Um, they do run the channel as well. And I thought both of them played really, really well. I really like Gabriel. Um, I know that he's going to have a cock up every now and again. And we saw, um, I can't remember the game now, but there was the one where he nearly gave it away and him and Leno had the mix up. Um, but he's, he just looks comfortable on the ball. His passing wasn't as good as it was in previous games today. Second half, it was much better. I thought he was much more improved. But the he just looks like a physical, imposing presence. And I think defensively, we look a lot more solid, more organised. He's covering mistakes. That Louise is covering mistakes for each other. Mm. And I'm hopeful that, you know, although today was sort of a mix between a back four and a five at times, yeah. that eventually we will switch to a back four. And I, I think what you'll see is you'll have Louise and Gabriel playing as the two centre-backs, and then you'll be rotating in. Maybe one game we might need to play a back five and holding will come in and help out. Or, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Saliba now. If he does go on loan, then obviously it won't be this season, but maybe next season comes in. You've still got Pablo Marie to come back as well. Um, depending what happens with Mustafi. I know not everyone's a big fan of his, but um, he did really well under Arteta when Arteta came in, so he's another good option. So I'm feeling a lot more comfortable about the defence and everything at the moment. But Gabriel looks well worth the money at the moment. I, I thought he's, every, I think he won every aerial challenge he went for today. Yeah, I think he was superb in the air, and you could see not just from the long throws, uh, but just the, the size of Sheffield United's team in general tells you what roughly they're going to be trying to do, and it's going to be a lot of aerial. 
challenges for there. And yeah, I think he was superb. It was just his passing at the beginning of the game had me a little worried. It had yeah. that kind of he's going to overhit one at some point, and when he overhits it, it's going to be like a pass back to Leno, and he's just going to just going to go past him and sell into the net. It yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the most comfortable conditions either. Today. I think it's been like no. raining nonstop for three days as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, not the best conditions. But for second half, his passing is much more improved. But uh, it sounds weird to talk about passing as a centre back being really important. But that's just the way football is these days. His main job, defensively, defensively, I thought he was superb again. Yeah, and he already looks like our best uh, centre back at the club as well. Yeah. Which, yeah. I don't know if that's worrying or not, but let's. I think just in general, if we can, mm. we've identified a talent. He's only cost us what twenty five million. Yeah, twenty five thirty million. We go in quickly. We got it done, and you can see what a huge difference he's made to the side. Um, I think it's the speed of which he's settled is is the big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes it can take a player a long time to come in, but. He looks like he's got enough experience. He's played at you know decent level uh, in France, and yeah, just looks very comfortable already. So yeah, I'm really really pleased with the signing. Hopefully, Saliba will eventually become that. So yeah, and it helps that you know he's got David Luiz next to him as well, mm. which although I know, hated, yeah, but you know, <laughs> Portuguese, well, not Portuguese, um, Brazilian, both Brazilians, mm. so both speak Portuguese, both have played in La Liga as well. So if they do want to say something in French to each other, they can. They've got those options that I think they can help talk him through a game in a way that you don't have to say you need tell him where he needs to stand, but they can do the communication of, yeah, I'm holding, you know, I'm letting this guy go past you, start looking after him now and vice yeah. versa. I think there's that connection. I think eventually. I think the player that we haven't mentioned as the centre-back, I think Callum Chambers is the one to come in and partner Gabriel. And maybe we see Louise and uh, Pablo Mari as a kind of rotations for a bit. And yeah. we see where we go from everyone else. Um, we have got a new uh, Twitch subscriber as well, Misery Index. Um, you can only be an Arsenal fan. With a, <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> with a name like that. Um yeah, and let's go through some questions as well. Um, so we've got one from Phil Macker. Uh, I was going to say, oh, I'll give this one to you, John, but they're all going to be for you, I think. Okay. <laughs> as the only guest, <laughs> the only other person on, I think, yeah. Um, I, I have a question for you at the end, Josh, but yeah, it's okay, fine. thank you. Uh, hopefully it's PG. Uh, but yes, Phil Macker has asked, do we think that Jim White Day will simply pass us by and we have what we have? So, yeah, do you expect... I think this goes on from Archie's question as well, whilst you think about it. I say okay. Archie's also asked, if we don't do any business tomorrow, out of 10, how bad would the reaction be for Edu, Vinay and Stan Kroenke? Or Josh Kroenke. I don't know. He just says Kroenke. Right. Um, do I think... I think there'll be some players leaving, for sure. Um, probably Torreira's the almost definite one. And I think maybe one or two others might go. As for players in, I still think we'll get someone. And this is not because like no one's rung me. I haven't been added to a WhatsApp group. I haven't got a recorded video that I say I'm going to share on Twitter and then say I can't because of legal reasons or some other bollocks. <clears throat> not pointing fingers at anyone. Um, but yeah, no, I just I think they'll get someone, whether it's Partey or it's someone else. I think there's going to be someone else to come in, at least one more. 
Um, I don't. I'd be very surprised if we get to. If we get to, it'd be you know maybe like a young kid who's coming into the academy or something like that. But in terms of first team players, I think we'll get one. Yeah, I I completely agree that I still think there is somebody is leaving Leon on Monday. Put it that way. The the thing that um, Aulas said was very pointed at the Marseille game. The Marseille yeah. game is on Sunday. The window closes on Monday, and I think. I say we're both part of uh, the hipsters WhatsApp group, and there is very much the feeling in there. You know, we've got a Barcelona fan in there, we've got a, a Leon fan in there, and probably too many Arsenal fans for everybody else's liking. Um, yeah, but I think there is that kind of we kind of feel that there is somebody going to leave Leon on Monday, either it's Depay or it's our. Um, so I think it's still in there for us. But again, we're not saying that. Um, you know. Uh, we know anything above and beyond that. We were always the uh, OTK. We're out of the know. We're, we've got no ITKs yeah. in here. I'm, I'm just going to start entering random numbers into my WhatsApp and um, just see if I you know, get in contact with... Although maybe I'll get messy by accident and I'll just yeah. send him a message and he'll join Arsenal, so that's fine. I'll just yeah. start DMing them all on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm just going to set up a, uh, yeah, a, a new Instagram account and try and get through to some of these players. Um Julian Salmon has asked, um, what's the realistic, uh, oh, sorry, realistically, if Partey and Auer are not being signed, who would you like to see arrive? What about, um, I think it's Ben Rama at Brentford, who's a wide player for them. Um, I'm slightly in the smaller camp of Arsenal fans, or at least according to my Twitter timeline. I know Drew agrees to me, um, our very own Aussie Dom and a few others I've spoken to. I think the need for a box-to-box sort of disruptive midfielder is way more important for Arsenal than a creative one. I'm not saying we don't need creativity, we do, but you can't do everything in one window, especially, you know, we haven't got the same amount of money. Um, the clubs around Europe who we would normally sell to haven't got the same amount of money to spend, so we're not going to get in the money we would have maybe wanted for like a Guendouzi or a Torreira or anyone else. So you've got to be realistic in terms of what you can do in this window. I think if we can get Thomas Party, that's amazing. If we've got the money to play the Reese clause, then just you know go and play it. I understand trying to see if you can negotiate it down. Torreira goes there on loan. You might soften them up a bit and say, look, we've done you this deal. This is helping you out. Maybe we can do a slightly reduced price on party and not have to pay the full release clause. Um, I think that sign is much more important. It allows us to play a back four, which allows you to put Willian or Saka or, you know, or Pepe even someone in the midfield and have them with a bit of freedom to go and create. And I think we, it's not ideal, but for now, for this season, or at least maybe till January, it's enough for what we need. If we can't get either of those two, um, Ben Rama, like I've only seen a bit of him and he looks an amazing player, but again, I don't think he's the right signing. You need to get a midfielder who's going to improve the centre mid, give you another option besides Ceballos or Xhaka. I know lots of people don't like Jorginho and the rumours about him. If we can't get Partey, Jorginho isn't exactly the sort of player I'd want, but there's a reason Man City wanted him. If Pep liked him, I'm sure that Arteta liked him. He's not exciting and you'll go, oh, look at his stats though. He's made, you know, I think they said it on the um, Arscast the other day, you know, he's made a million passes, but no goals or assists. Mm. He's a brilliant footballer who will control the tempo of a game and will just block passing lanes and will allow the likes of Ceballos or Xhaka to be further up the pitch 
and create a bit more. And he's also he's played with Willian a lot already. So if that's like a backup option that we can get, I don't really have a problem with that. I'll take him for a season if we have to. Yeah, uh, and I think, as you kind of said, for Jorginho, again, if he can release Ceballos, yeah. uh, who we saw, you know, that ball through to Aubameyang, he's, mm. not, he's not in that position to even play Enough, that. Yeah. Yeah. If we're through at the back. So we do need somebody in there to cover that centre of the midfield. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's why we saw a little bit of an experiment with it today. Yeah. To try and get ready in that shape for somebody to come in. And we should also say that in terms of if we did want to sign someone from Brentford, we don't have to do it on Monday evening uh, when the window closes at 11 p.m. There's still a domestic window for it's a bit harsh this window. Premier League to Premier League closes at 11 o'clock on Monday, but you can sign people from the championship and below until some, I want to say it's the 15th. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's really harsh on the lower league clubs. And the other thing I would say is Brentford are really good negotiators. And if they don't want to sell a player, they won't. Um, Much like Aulis at Lyon. I know lots of people are moaning about him saying he's led at Arsenal one. He probably hasn't. He said, he's probably said, this is the price. If you don't pay it, you're not getting him. Which again, if you're the selling club, I don't have an issue with uh, with that at all. I wish Arsenal uh, Arsenal did that sort of thing more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is that a question from? No, that's not a question. That's Danny just putting notes in. It's not helpful. <laughs> Being helpful. Uh, yeah, question from Carrie Tanninen, I think is how you say it. I'm just going to go to. There's too many ends in there. Um, why should Arsenal buy anybody if you can't buy a superstar? Why buy anyone? It just gives false hope. Um, I I tend to agree with that a little bit in that I don't think you should buy just for the sake of buying. You should only buy if it's going to improve the squad. If Arteta looks at the squad and thinks, okay, um, in the forward area, I'm okay. In the wide areas, I've got no issues. Uh, Defensively, he seems like he's got most of the players he wants now, and it is just midfield. If he can't find a midfielder available that is an improvement on what he's got or will play in the style that he wants to, which I think is another important thing, there might be midfielders who are available who are better midfielders than maybe what we've got in Xhaka or Ceballos or El Nelly. But if they can't play in the system and the setup we do, there's no point buying them. That is just a waste of money. That is going out and, you know, when we chucked... Oh God, whatever it was at Mustafi and, you know, I love Xhaka and stuff, but he was never a 35 million pound player at the time, that kind of thing. Um, I think just throwing money at the issue isn't going to work. Look at Man United at the moment, they're chucking money at, is it Cavani, 350 grand a week? I love Edison Cavani. Yeah, I think think he's a great player, but it's not the player they need. They need defenders, quite clearly. Mm -hmm. Why they're just chasing forwards is ridiculous. Yeah. So throwing money for no reason seriously makes no sense to me. Yeah, a bit like a team that um, are also based in London that are playing blue <laughs> that have currently bought every single attacking player under the sun. Um, yeah. And then realise they've gone, oh, um, we need some defenders. Let's get two on a free. That'll do. Yeah, you get what you pay for um, mm. from those, I think. But yeah, uh, we'll go one final question. I think from that, before we wrap up, we do want to keep these ones kind of a lot shorter than they were last season because we did end up doing almost 90 minutes after a 90 minutes, especially <laughs> on a game so uneventful as this one. Um, yeah. So question from David Keith. Are you disappointed that Luke uh, Torreira is leaving us? Um, 
as he believes that he could still do a job for us. I think I'm going to cut that one just a little bit short. I don't want to go into Award from Celtic. Um, uh, a little bit because I really liked him when I watched him in Italy. Everyone knows I watch a lot of Italian football and I thought he was going to come in and be a really combative player. Sometimes you can be the best player in the world and you move a league and it just doesn't work. Um, whether it was the league itself or things behind the scenes at the club, it's clearly not worked. He came in at a really difficult time when we had Emery and let's be honest, I don't think anyone knew what the fuck was going on under that guy. Um, so disappointing. I hope for his sake he goes on as a successful career. If he does end up at Atletico, I'd imagine he'll be quite good there and he'll enjoy Spanish football and slightly slower pace. Um, and again, playing for a guy like Simeone as well. He's got that sort of attitude that he's really going to enjoy. Um, I do, just before we quickly wrap up, Josh, there is one, or well, I've got a question and there is one that uh, I think we missed. So one for you, Josh. Pete Colson asked, would you lose Torreya, which looks like it's going to happen, and Ainsley make your nails tomorrow to game party or Uar? I still don't know how to say his name. Uh, yeah, I think it's, well, we, we unfortunately lost one of the Wurzels this week. Um, but yes, uh, I think it's Uar. Uh, yeah. To put my little West Country spin on it. <laughs> Would I lose Maitland Niles? I was very happy at the beginning of the window that if we got a decent fee for Maitland Niles, I'd let him go. Mm. But, I mean, if he can just continue destroying goalkeepers' careers in penalty shootouts, <laughs> I'd keep him for that uh, just alone. That, oh, the swagger that he did. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't do a, a post game show for the Liverpool game because yeah. fuck, fuck all happened uh, and we would have spent just five minutes talking about the Maitland-Niles penalty so I'll do it now instead and yeah just that penalty and the fact that he's done it before and continues to do it and he said that's his favourite way of doing it it's just yeah I'm taking the last penalty I don't care and I'm just waiting for the keeper and just making him look like a fool um, yeah I'm all up for that I'll keep him purely for that yeah um I love Maitland Niles and I think he's great and I love his song and I'm sure people saw me singing it like an idiot last season. Um, <laughs> but if you said we could get party if we let both go and Torre has basically gone anyway, then the sensible part of my head would say, yeah, absolutely not a problem. Do it. Because as much as I love Maitland Niles, he was still part of the squad that finished eighth last season. So, you know, and again, not all his fault, obviously, but it, in terms of... Um, just his value at the moment, yeah, I'd let him go. But I think he's a great player for the squad, his versatility. And to be honest, if we get, ever get a penalty in a game, if I was Arteta, if, you know, Lacazette's had a bit of a rough game or Aubameyang's injured or something like that, I'd make a sub the, the moment we got a penalty and just bring on Maitland-Niles because uh, goalkeepers are guaranteed to have seen him take penalties and they're just immediately gone. There's no point, it's just going in. I think that's the best himself. thing as well would be if he's still playing at right back, it's just seeing him trot up. And, you know, we know the ref's going to add on two minutes for the fact that Maitland Nars will just <laughs> trot <up. laughs> take them five minutes going up there, probably stop off at the bench for a just quick sip of water, just completely psych the goalkeeper out. And then, yeah, do his little tiny little run up and, yeah, just make him look like a fool. So, yeah, love it. Love it. Uh, did you have another question as well? Um, yes, I did. Um, it's completely unfootball related. The globe behind you, is that a drinks globe? Yes. Just for oh, alcohol. If you fantastic. Show, if you watch the show uh, back 
on Wednesday when we did it. Uh, mm. I went through some of the contents of it. Ah, see, so I did. I listened, but I did not watch. I only had the audio. So yeah, I must I have missed after the bit. after the show, John, I will I will show you there. Uh, but if any listeners want to see what's in the glow, they have to go back and watch that video. As soon as you see, <laughs> if you as soon as you see what's in there. And you like the contents, give it a like and subscribe. There we go. Plug in <laughs> every day on plugin. It's great. <laughs> Getting back to it. Um, so yeah, so that is uh the Sheffield United game kind of wrapped up. I don't know if we're doing anything for transfer deadlines. We might do something else. Um you know, keep an eye out on Twitch, is what I'll say this evening, because there might be a pirate turning up on there. Mm. And you might get to see Danny's face. I can't say anything yet. It's not might not be anything special, but just a little teaser for you. That yeah, Sunday evening on Twitch, something might happen. But yeah, otherwise, I'll say thank you to you, John. It's been great right. uh, having thanks you back for, on. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me back on. Hopefully, I'll be around a bit more now. Um, work is starting to calm down a little bit. Thanks to uh, the second wave, Boris. It's slowing us down a tad. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah, thank you very much to everybody who has listened and joined us live and to everybody who has listened after and hasn't been able to join us live. We still love you as much as those other people who do manage to get here on time. Um, but yeah, say so use the bell notification, you'll know when we go live. And the only other thing I can say is, Danny, please can you switch this off? Thank you. Otherwise, I'll just keep plugging stuff and nobody will know. I'll just keep going. Danny, are you there? Who knows? As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>